Socks are the number one most requested item at homeless shelters. Underwear second and shirts are third. At Bombas, socks were first, made with comfortable details for everyday wearing. Then underwear and shirts too, all designed to perfectly fit. At Bombas, every item you purchase means you're donating an essential clothing item to someone in need. One comfortable clothing item for you, one donated to someone in need. Bombas, comfort for all. Get 20% off your purchase at bombas.com slash Spotify. Deciding autographs after the show as well. Light up to the right of the studio, if you don't mind, to the right of the studio. We've opened up the Spreaker chat, which means Bill WD-40 can come in and lube us up for tonight's show, so that way we slide into it smooth. Vin Man, how you doing? Hi, Eric Austin. Noble Patrick, good to see you. Hi, Esmeralda. Robert Lamoth. Vashti Impaler, good to have you here. YJ Overlander, looking very YJ-ish tonight. And uh, Leafs in 67, once again. And uh, Cecil, how you doing, buddy? And Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. T- TMI Kevin, the lovely Kira. Thank you for joining us. Aliens, UFOs, Jen A. Nice to have you here. Hi, Kevin Clark. Nice to see you. And uh, who else do we have here? Uh, e. Talkin, welcome to SOR Chat. And uh, Leafs in 67. And um, who else do we have? We're scrolling. We're scrolling, scrolling. We've got 20 seconds. Lily Pond, thank you for joining us. Lala Bright, thank you for that lovely super chat. I'm going to run out of time here, people. I am sorry about that, but I will say hello in the chat room. we got just a few seconds left. Linda, thank you so much for the super chat as well. And for the rest of you, horns up. Let's rock. From the mountains of central British Columbia, to you listening around the world, this, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. You can follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Our website, spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news, wire, check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. A power show of power woo tonight. Science Bob is back with Science Bob and Friends. And special guest Linda Thompson. Dirty Filth is here for the art. And, of course, in hour number three, we're going to head to the swamp. Then little Timmy Senor joins us. Yeah, the Timbit is back for the UFO report. Well, it is that time of the month and first time of 2023 where we introduce all of you to Science Bob. Yes, Dr. Bob McGuire, formerly of Virginia Tech University, is here to talk about the scientific side of the supernatural, paranormal, and ufological. Each month, Science Bob comes in with a special guest to talk about their scientific research or background to 
talk about the practical and scientific side to the high strangest that surrounds us. Tonight we are joined by UFO researcher and investigator of the strange and unknown, Linda Thompson returns, and I have a feeling we're going to be getting into some orbs tonight. And so let us say hello to everyone here. Science Bob, it's good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Doing happy, happy, happy new year to everybody, and good to see you, Dave. And I really do like the new hairdo and beard uh, face, Dave. I really do like it. You know, realize I, mine was down to here, and it's now on your wall. So yes. where did you put yours? Where uh, did you put yours? This one wasn't long enough to keep. Uh, this one ended up in the trash heap. Uh, but, oh, yeah, it was a New Year's Eve accident. But I, I am going for a haircut in the morning to trim the – because otherwise, otherwise I get this mushroom head. I don't like the mushroom look. Okay. Well, I, I don't have that problem, Dave. I really, I really don't. I really don't have that problem. And, of course, we have the lovely Linda Thompson with us. Absolutely. Linda, it's so Linda, it's so good to have you back on the show. You know, and I have to tell people I got to meet you for the first time at the MUFON conference in Denver, Colorado, and what a privilege and a treat that was. You are just just a warm loving soul and and uh, we hung out uh, on a few different occasions there and and uh, you know you were one of the ones standing and clapping for me when I finished up my speech there and uh, I really do appreciate that it was great to see you and get hugs and talk to you it was great I thought so I thought so, so. Linda gives a good hug people if you get the chance to see her <laughs> get a hug that's all I'm going to say. Get yourself a <laughs> hug from Linda. So, uh, science. Yeah, somebody asked me. Somebody asked me, who's that guy that you were giving that long hug to? <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. So, Science Bob, it's your show. You're in command. You're uh, doing what you want to do. Uh, where are we taking this tonight? So, it's it's interesting. So, uh, a lot of people know Linda's face. A lot of people know some things she's done, but a lot of people know very, very little about Linda. So we're going to go exploring. A lot of people don't know all the unbelievable people in UFO and paranormal fields that she has been a vital cog in their work and research. She's just not known for all the stuff she does for all these people. And they take maximal advantage of all her capabilities. She's a brilliant digital forensics analyst when it comes to video and pictures. And we'll be talking about that tonight. She's led an unbelievable life, Dave. It's an unreal life. And not many people know any of the details. So I'm going to encourage Linda to go as far as she feels she can go tonight and tell us of her childhood and her beginning in all of this crazy stuff we're all living with. Linda. Okay. Thank you. Um, okay. So, and also, Bob, I found some Air Force Institute one of those research institutes papers on the kind of work I'm doing. So that's interesting. I'll have to do more studying on that. Um, so anyway, I grew up and by the time I was three or four, I was 
driving my mom absolutely bonkers. Um, she couldn't take me anywhere because I would talk about things that you don't talk about. Um, as far as, you know, I was very environmentally conscious. I would talk about the different things that would happen to me. Um, for instance, um, we would go to the cemetery. My older brother was buried there. And, um, you know, <laughs> I was like, and this is very early 1960s. Like I said, I was just a toddler. And I would go, this is a waste of land, <laughs> this land. And, of course, she was just mortified and terrified that I would think such a thing. But I still kind of feel that way about graveyards. Um, and that was just the beginning. It was that way about everything with the environment. So that was one of my key things that I think from very early on that I was influenced um, in my contacts was about the environment and the different things. I remember... Um, in junior high school when they started having recycled paper and I would write, you know, to congressmen and stuff about recycling stuff. Um, and I started very young writing letters to the president and to congressmen about UFOs and things like that. My father kept going, you're going to get on a list. You're going to get on a list. <laughs> I was only like, I don't know how old I was, but, you know, I thought that the mailbox was this magical thing that you just put letters in and I didn't have to worry about postage and my mom would keep dragging them back in the house fussing at me because I had to put postage on them. So um, I was very independent and very um, forthwith about my opinions on things, even though I was shy. I wasn't allowed to play with other kids because of the types of things that I could talk about. Um, so those were some of the things. So um, started having different types of visitations or abductions very early on. Um, and I was always trying to figure out how I fell into bed and how I would go up like through the ceiling and I would keep asking those questions and during the day I would lay back on the back of the couch and stare at the ceiling for a long time trying to figure it out and how come there's not a hole in the ceiling and you know I was very analytical trying to figure this out and my mom would you know drive her crazy um, and so I wasn't the only one in the family. We had an early, at least one early family experience together that, um, you know, when we later saw close encounters together and the scene at the railroad tracks, we all remembered that growing up from trying to go see my grandmother and there were so many weird and bizarre things that happened on my grandmother's property that at whatever point um, my parents stopped taking me because it, it would just very, it would be a lot and it would upset me. Um, 
And so those were some early beginning things. Um, you know, I draw things and my mom would get called to come up to school and talk to the teacher about some of the things I would draw or would say. So, yeah. So you, you, there are parallels between uh, your life and experiences and mine and Lala Bright's life and experiences. So I just, you know, I don't want to say too much outside of your early history sounds exactly like hers with her parents telling her, don't talk about stuff, shy, but opinionated. You, you, they, you sound like uh, a sister's 20 years apart or whatever the difference is. So, uh, right. and, uh, I have a favorite picture of myself, which you need to remind me to send you. It's me leaning back on a couch with my legs up in the air and my tailbone on a basketball. And I'm staring at the ceiling thinking about going up through it. Uh, right. And that was caught yeah. on film by one of my parents. I don't know which one because I can't remember it. <laughs> But uh, uh, I mean, these these parallels are interesting. And with a thing that people in the audience will not know, because, I mean, you know, we call each other cousin a lot. But the facts are that Linda and I are both members of the Carter family of Virginia. We're about 14th mm -hmm. cousins. So it doesn't make us that close. It's just it's just closer. It's it's just well, it, it, we, we probably are. But and it's just interesting. I haven't looked at my genealogy in a while. And I'm sure I can find where the tree intersects back back but i haven't looked in quite a while my grandmother yeah. it, and i don't know who has it now uh but but, right. but i do have a genealogy called the lumber river scots and uh, that's my family and they are descended from carters of virginia and so forth so it's just kind of interesting so linda um i know that you have had some interesting experiences and interesting work with what most of our audience would call not UFOs, but paranormal. So tell us about your, your, how you got into the paranormal and the paranormal work and whatever it is you feel you are able to share about your paranormal work, because I know it's interesting okay. to our audience. Okay. I grew up in a house that was, um, and it seems like all my life I basically have lived on battlefields and that kind of thing. So the house that I grew up in was haunted. And I didn't understand why until years later when I did research and found out that it was, I knew it was revolutionary war fields, but I didn't realize it was the British encampment fields. And so um, we grew up on that. And so our area was, had a lot of activity. We had activity um, and we had, I guess, what would now be called poltergeist activity or hitchhiker activity. Um, you know, I could put down keys or jewelry, turn around and turn back and it would be gone, that type of thing. Um, and so that was very, very common in our house to have things disappear, rarely reappear. But somewhere in that house or someplace, there's a lot of missing stuff. And so, um, you know, I can remember one time when my sister and I were teenagers that um, in the middle of the night, 
something went through her jewelry box and I could hear the jewelry box open and the music come on in the morning. Her jewelry was laid out on her dresser. And so we had different things like that go on. Um, I had a lot of experiences otherwise during activity during that time. And it wasn't until um, I got really to Texas that there were more UFO activity, more abduction activity, and more paranormal activity going on. Um, And so in the San Antonio area, there was a lot of that that we encountered. We lived in another house that had um, ghost activity. Um, My son and a friend that stayed with us for a while, um, there would be like a female apparition that would kind of hang over them, over their head when they were sleeping and would wake up. Um, and so, and that friend, um, a few years ago, he just recently passed, but a few years ago he had a stroke. And when we saw him the next time, he didn't remember us, which we had known him for a long time. And then while we were eating with him and his wife, he goes, I remember you, you had that haunted house. And he started talking about the haunted house and the things that he encountered there. So that was interesting that that was what he thought of when he saw me, you know? Um, And I found out that there was a police officer that was actually killed there at, in that rental house that we were in. And so I don't know why there was a female apparition at, at, you know, when it was a male that was killed. Um, And so just those types of interesting things. Um, In the 1990s, I went through quite a bit of things, started getting involved in spiritual warfare activities um, a lot. Um, So I would be on teams for that, um, for the area, as well as, Um, We went to Taiwan on a special project, so we did that. Um, Interesting thing in Taiwan was that we had um, a guy that would get down, got down on the floor, slivered like a snake. His eyes were bulging out. He was hissing like a snake. And so we had to deal with that um, to deal with that situation Um, we encountered a lot of stuff there. Um, And so then around a lot of activity and um, um, I don't know, it's just something that I got involved in. And I, from a very young age, I could also read people, um, read them very well. Um, and so, you know, my bosses would ask me to sit in on job interviews and things like that and tell them stuff about the people and whether they should hire them or not. Um, my father, when I was about, well, I was about 18 and I was going to be getting married 
and his business partner also owned a florist company that was going to do my wedding. And I had kept telling him all summer that his partner was embezzling from him and he didn't believe me. Well, it turned out like a couple of weeks before my wedding that he found out he was embezzling. And so at the last minute, I had to make changes in all the wedding arrangements. So um, I've got a long history of reading people. Um, I used to, um, I guess, do what you would say, channel over people um, and channel through um, I could be like at one time I was at a pharmacy and the pharmacist was handing me my medicine and I said, that's not mine. And it just, it, it comes out of me. I have no control. And, and it's not like some, it just bypasses my brain. And he goes, what do you mean? Your name's Linda Thompson. And I said, it's not my medicine. And I kept doing that and he was aggravated. And so I said, what is the medicine? And so he told me, and I said, that's not my medicine. And so he looked again, and he was getting ready to give me medicine for a dog. Okay. It was in another Linda Thompson's name. Well, you know, I had no way of knowing that. He still had the bag. He never told me what it was. It was pay for it. Here's your medicine. And so I've had so many experiences like that that you know i can't begin to tell you how how it happens or anything else okay so um, when we come back after the break i wonder if and we've got three minutes until break i wonder i want to make one comment but i wonder if you during break think about it and to the best of your ability and with whatever constraints you need to put on it it would be really interesting to hear about at least one exorcism experience uh, that people just don't know about. But you don't have to give any personal information, just the overall generalities of how you came to be doing that, how you were trained, and an example of having done it. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Vobella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Vobella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there is a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. This episode is brought to you by Tinder. Tinder is for so much more than hookups. The app's relationship goals feature helps you match with people based on exactly what you're looking for. And if you're worried about meeting your match IRL, don't be. 1.5 million Tinder users go on dates every week. Plus, Tinder has more safety features than any other dating app. So if you're ready to meet new people and put yourself out there, download Tinder today. So I wanted to comment that 
I grew up in Southwest Alabama and it was near the Creek Indian nation. And my girl, first girlfriend lived near Fort Sinky field where the battles with the Creek Indians took place. And we saw stuff all the time. Her mother and aunt had UFOs, saw Indian apparitions and so forth. And we just were around that stuff all the time. And, you know, I blanked all that out and forgot about it until decades later. Uh, after I went to college and came home well, an early in the first semester from college uh, with my girlfriend and had an hour plus of missing time. And then for decades, I had forgotten every experience like that I had as a child. It was just, it was just gone. It never came to my memory. This stuff is weird. I know it is, Linda. Dave, do you have anything right before we go? You know, Linda, we got about 90 seconds here. For you, as you've gone on this journey from childhood experiences to, to now where you are, what have you learned about yourself and why you're on this path? Um, I see myself largely as a teacher and as a mentor. Um, I'm kind of a nurturer. And so I think it's all to help younger people and other people to learn. And I had mentoring at a youngish age that really helped me a lot. So and I, I can, think that's I can a big part of it. Fact. I can attest to the fact that she is a nurturing person and uh, treats many people like she was their mom. <laughs> and, and, and it's common amongst people that know her well to feel that. Oh, I hear you yeah. there. I hear you there. That's why we call her lovely Linda Thompson around here. Cause she's all loving, all loving. <laughs> Sometimes. Hey, hey, it's what we do. It's what we do. You you just can't get away from it. You, you really can't. Uh, you know, Linda, though, the idea, though, that, you know, you as well as many of us have kind of gone off the deep end with this subject, 20 seconds or less. Do you do you regret it? Do you wish you, you would have went a more normal path? I don't think I had the option of being normal. <laughs> Ditto. I, I just don't. Um, you know, even at a very young age, I was into science and wanted to learn as fast as I could and everything, and I was stopped. And on that note, my name is Dave Scott. I'm running the board here on Spaced Out Radio for Science Bob and Friends. <laughs> we will return with Dr. Bob McGuire and Linda Thompson and more UFO talk right after this. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. What a great half hour that was. Thank you, Linda. I know you shared things you have not really shared many other places. And I appreciate it. Sure. I feel I feel you're underappreciated by too many people. And I'm on I'm on a mission. Thank you. Yeah, so, I mean, Linda, uh, we'll, I'll tell in the next half hour before we move go on where you and I met, uh, which was on the Richard Dolan Forum. And uh, right. then, then I'm going to segue a little bit into 
the kind of work you've been doing for Richard Dolan and others and let you tell what you want of it. Okay. Because it's important. That work is really important. And they are happy to take anything you give them every time you want to do anything for them because they know you're amazing. Thank you. And you're too shy about talking about it. <laughs> Jesus, Bob, you're starting to make me blush and you're not even complimenting me. Yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, <laughs> people do not understand how amazing this woman from Virginia is. They just don't understand. Yeah, Kay told me I should move to Arizona where I'd be appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than moving to Texas. Whoa. <laughs> Except Arizona's attitudes are a little different, too. Right. Maybe we're about to see the fever break. I could live in Texas. Well, I lived there 25 years. We loved it, but... It was time for I, me to see my family for a change. I grew I grew up in Alabama and I tried to move back and I was completely isolated socially. And yeah. I moved back up here to where I am now. And now I've gone to see my children multiple times since I moved here. And that was just hard to do down there. So I didn't fit and I'm happier up here. I think right. that I think that's because your overalls were too small and you were trying to suck yourself into them. <laughs> that's what it was. Well, no, 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 no. Now I lost all this weight because, you know, that's kind of natural given the current situation that I want to lose a ton of weight. But uh, now the overalls fit just fine. They're baggy. <laughs> uh, that's I'm getting great. there. Back to the gym tomorrow. Back. Yep, ditto for me. I we we've taken Christmas till now off and we're going back to the gym my weight stayed constant which it never has during christmas but i'm on That's the downward spiral again uh i've read all these scientific papers that talk about how if you want to live longer and be healthier you got to do certain things and they are painful <laughs> i didn't i didn't think a person could survive on that few calories <laughs> Tell me about it. <laughs> but I'm getting there. You know, just when I think I'm caught up in the chat room, I have to say hello to a bunch more people. <laughs> it's a good a, problem. That, that, that is a very good problem. Very good problem. All right, we got about uh, 90 seconds, guys. 90 seconds. <laughs> Julie, it's funny. Mark Ellens, how you doing? And a big thank you to our super chatters tonight. Human Carl, Big Dog, Lala, Linda, Bob, Jules, Deb, Vaughn, 
Thank you so much for the love, everyone. Very much appreciated. Linda, are you joining us in Las Vegas for the fan party in May? I should, since the 19th is my birthday. You totally should. um, (laughs) I'll have to see. Because Science Bob is going to be there. I'm going to be there. Our entire SOR team is going to be there. And uh, May 19th and 21st, second annual fan party at the Golden Nugget in Las Vegas. We're going to do a seven-hour live show, Sky Watches, get VIP get-togethers with all of our guests. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely amazing. Go to info at spacedoutradio.com. Just read the uh, scrolling tab down below. It's all right there. Here we go, everyone. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Let's get back to it. Science Bob and Friends with Dr. Bob McGuire is back tonight with our special guest, researcher and UFO uh, investigator, Linda Thompson. Science Bob, thank you so much for joining us once again, my friend. Oh, so happy to be here, Dave, and very, very happy to have our, our guest tonight, Linda Thompson. And uh, I'm going to jump right in. Linda and I are both heavily involved in UFO research, and both of us are heavily involved in being experiencers. And both of us are heavily involved with people who are abducted. And having been abducted, both of us, uh, it's just kind of lots of things we have in common. But we met for the first time in the Richard Dolan Forum. Uh, and Richard Dolan is, uh, for some those who don't know, I would call the preeminent historian writing of the history of the national security state of the United States of America, especially since the 1940s forward. He's written two volumes which are required reading if you care about how the government has handled this UFO situation. So Linda and I both have fairly long histories interacting either directly or indirectly with the United States government. Many of you know that I work for the United States government. So I'm going to let Linda tell her history of uh, dealing with the United States government and how she came to be interested in their activities in this field and all that she has been doing that she's allowed to tell us about, about the work she does for Richard Dolan and others. Linda. Wow. Okay. Well, like I said, very young age, I started getting involved in the U.S. government, (laughs) fussing at them about what they should do. So I was very, um, I guess I was for disclosure way before other people were before disclosure. Um, 
And so that was something, you know, Virginians have to be opinionated about things. <laughs> That's what I warned my husband about when we moved here. Um, and so, yeah, I worked for um, a few places that were tied to the government. Um, I did work for a Texas state senator at one time. So I learned how to do um, politics through working for him. He was an attorney. And so I went to work for him as attorney and then became um, part of his staff. So um, that was one thing that I learned the niceties of how to handle politicians, so to speak, (laughs) Um, and how bills work and all of that type of thing. Um, my first husband, um, joined the army while we were married and was in army intelligence. That was the same time period that, uh, remote viewing was starting. Um, he wanted me to go into that because of my psychic abilities, but I was able to get pregnant and stay pregnant. And so that didn't happen. Um, And so um, those were some things I worked for various places that interacted with the government, had contracts with the government. Um, EG&G was one of those. did not work for the Las Vegas facility. We worked for another facility of EG&G, and they did um, interact. Yes. Uh Aha. They did. They did interact from time to time with the Las Vegas um, when we got packages from the military to send to them. Um, I would frequent, I was a research assistant there before I went to the accounting office of the place. Um, And so our security guy at that time had come from the Las Vegas office. So we heard a lot of stuff. Um, there Um, and so learned we would send packages for instance to um, I think it was Kingman Arizona one of the places that we would send photos to and um, I'd get them back ripped open everything else and they said they had a lot of trouble with the spies and stuff ripping open packages taking whatever they wanted and we'd end up back with them um and so we went through a lot of stuff um it was funny because our facility also had like honda test engineers from japan who were testing the new honda vehicles and they thought okay i'm five foot four they were shorter and and I also had long hair and my almond shaped eyes were more um, pronounced back then. They thought I was Japanese. So that was extremely interesting. Um, so they thought I was a tall American woman at five foot four and would give me the keys to the Hondas to go drive and tell them what I thought. So I had all these really interesting experiences along the way. Um, Things that, I mean, just bizarre things I haven't begun to tell you um, otherwise that happened to me. Um, So, yeah, 
It's very interesting. Um, and so attorneys, a lot of the attorneys, obviously, I worked for, had all kinds of connections. Um, and one had been um, Navy intelligence. So I learned a lot about the German scientists and different things um, way before a lot of people understood about that. And so, yeah, it was a very interesting work. Um, now, now, now that you're where you are in hindsight, does all of that feel like tons of synchronicities <laughs> and preparation yeah. for where you are now? Exactly. And as a paralegal, that's where I learned, you know, it's funny, I kind of went from working for a research company as a research assistant, the corporate attorney from EG&G would come down from Boston, I would help him. That got me into law firms. And it was like one thing after another tied together. And so, yeah, it all fit together. Oh, now hindsight being 2020, you see how all of that tapestry looks like it was weaved together to guide you. Mm -hmm. My entire life, right. feel, my entire life feels like I've been guided since I was young to be where I am now. And this is hindsight right. 2020 going, how did all that happen? And you'd feel back. There's one synchronicity after another. And I knew your life had been like that from all the things you've described. So if you would, uh, we have, uh, yes, we have enough time. Uh, if you can, and if you can't just say you can't, but if you can, it would be interesting to our audience to hear you describe at least one exorcism experience that you would care to describe. If you okay. can. Well, the one that I mentioned in Taiwan was definitely a very challenging experience that, I was involved in, um, you know, you hear about those things happening, but you don't expect to encounter them. Um, and so there were things like that, but that was probably the absolute most bizarre. Now, there was a couple of instances where people were um, tended to be more violent or more extreme um, in their behavior and had to deal with those. And so, yeah, that kind of thing happened a lot. Um, and I don't know. How, I don't did, go into did, a lot of detail. How did you come to that? And how were you trained to do, to, to, to do the rights? Um, okay. So I was, in Texas, I will say, um, in some of the churches and organizations I belong to, but I was like way out in left field, so to speak. Um, and in the 1990s, I went through what would what was considered um, one of the revivals, but it and the Holy Spirit thing, which is funny because um, people who don't. Um, understand being raised in a Southern Baptist church, that's not exactly, you know, something that you really, and so I think it was a mixture of several things. Um, and so um, while some people were getting tongues, I got light language. 
And so my son witnessed that in 1992 when I got like language. And so um, healings are something that I've been heavily involved in for a long, long time. Um, He had a healing of, he used to have severe migraines run in my family. He had probably the worst migraines I had ever seen in our family. And even when he was six, he was put in the hospital from migraines. Um, He couldn't do a lot of things because of the migraines. And so when he was 17 or 18, he asked me to um, lay hands on him and to, you know, have him to be healed. And he did. And so, um, you know, he had an extensive, horrible motorcycle accident in 2009, um, revived three times, um, broken bones all over his body, everything, um, his face, his teeth, um, never had a migraine, has never had a migraine since. He was was say, so when, when I was about 10, I was taken to one neurologist after another who did brain scans and everything else to try to figure out where all those migraines were coming from. And, uh, uh, my, my mother divorced my father and married a minister and, uh, he prayed over me and, uh, invoked the Holy spirit. And I felt this rush of stuff over me. You know, exactly what I'm talking about. And I never had another migraine after that. We were the first in the U.S. to protect those with diabetes. One of the first to insure people with HIV. And the first life insurance of its kind. With John Hancock Vitality, we've changed life insurance forever. With a -a one-of-a-kind program that rewards your healthy choices and motivates you to live your best life. So you can celebrate some firsts of your own. John Hancock Vitality. Your life comes first. Go to johnhancock.com to learn more. This episode is brought to you by Tinder. Tinder is for so much more than hookups. The app's relationship goals feature helps you match with people based on exactly what you're looking for. And if you're worried about meeting your match IRL, don't be. 1.5 million Tinder users go on dates every week. Plus, Tinder has more safety features than any other dating app. So if you're ready to meet new people and put yourself out there, download Tinder today. So it was shortly after that that my uh, uh, stepfather was driving down a highway and there came one of these really violent thunderstorms with a tornado that you get in Alabama. So he was going down a highway and all of a sudden he was told, turn around and go back. And he immediately obeyed and turned around and went back. And a quarter mile ahead of him, blind, dark, the bridge had washed out and he would have gone right over the edge. And so, I mean, you know, you grow up with this stuff, you understand it, you appreciate it. Other people Mm -hmm. haven't seen it. And I would just say my most shocking uh, experience with the Holy Spirit was after I was an adult and doing work for the U.S. government, I went to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. And I had an experience there that changed his lives. It was unreal. Mm -hmm. So I've just... You know, I just wanted to tell you that I understood it. This is not about me, but, you you know, when you grow up in that kind of environment, 
it enters your consciousness and affects the way you perceive reality and the world around you and how you interact with what you and I now believe is the universal consciousness, but you interact with it through how you have been brought up. And see, that was the thing was that like my church that I was brought up in was like stone cold. Okay. It was so funny because when I got married at 18 and the pastor that married us, um, had been our principal. And so um, in the wedding said, he, he was like, okay, in the name of the father, the son and the Holy ghost. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> What's this Holy ghost stuff, you know, because <laughs> I wasn't brought up in a church that, you know, that was part of what we skipped over. Um, but yeah, I believe I tell people all the time, take away the labels of everything everything take away the labels and you will observe what is really going on it's true i it's have true. people have to pull, have to pull to the blinders off your face mm-hmm. and realize you are living in an illusion and your training perceptions upbringing interpret mm-hmm. this this yeah. reality through your illusion dave you've had a bunch yeah. of ghostly experiences and other things where you've seen apparitions in places because i've seen pictures of these apparitions i'm sure you have questions for linda well the, the big question is linda you're, you're i showed him that. one at mufon well, one of the questions i do have for you linda is in regards to your own experiences because you've run the gamut like many people have with UFOs, with the paranormal. I'm not sure about cryptids because I haven't ever heard you talk about that. But have you in your own mind brought the phenomena all under one roof like many of us have? Or are you still separating it? Paranormal is paranormal and UFOs are UFOs. No, I believe it's all connected completely. I did show you the photo at, at MUFON of the forest spirit that I took. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I've yet to show it to the lady that I took. It was in her backyard. I haven't showed it to her because I don't want to freak her out. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so Law and I took, uh, we pointed out to Deb's Shakti that in one of her videos, there's a fairy that's flying across in front of her, flapping wings, bright, everything. And we've now seen fairies out back, and I've even fed them flowers, and they the flowers have disappeared. I'm telling you, you mm-hmm. cannot close your mind if you want to see yeah. what's going on around you. Right. And, you know, my son, he always said that he never could get away with anything growing up, that I always knew everything that he was doing. And and that even happened with accidents. I would know, like, the split second he had accidents. And when he had his bad accident, um, I swear it was an angel or somebody that called me on the phone and said that he was a bus driver in L.A., just saw my son's accident, and he was in bad shape. And later on, um, the hospital said they did not know we were we were there before they had a chance to contact us um when i contact the bus company um to thank the driver they said they had no such driver so you know i believe that was either an angel or somebody else that was giving us the information at yep. the time 
Yeah. So, so I, I, just just my own personal experience. Um, there is nothing quite like having a girlfriend who is a psychic, and every time you cross the line, she goes, "Don't forget, I'm a psychic." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's 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 an illuminating thing to have happen to you, especially as an old man. <laughs> yeah, my husbands can tell you stuff. <laughs> My son can tell you stuff. <laughs> so yeah, Dave, you got anything else before we go? I, I, I had a, a I had a situation. And I don't even think I've told you this story, Bob. But in 2013, we were riding our ATVs up this trail, and my ATV previous to this had kind of been stalling out, like it wasn't getting enough gas when we went up an incline. So we're driving this really steep incline. And literally the trail is maybe eight, nine feet wide. And it is like straight down on the other side. And as my, I'm the lead bike. And as I'm trying to give throttle to get going, my, my bike starts to get air in the gas line and it starts making my bike jump. So I hit the brakes and I started, even though I hit, had the brakes on, I started rolling backwards down this trail. Now that's dangerous. And my partner, when she was riding, she always used to tailgate me. And I was yelling at her and my friend to get back, get back. And I hit something and I thought it was her ATV. And I I yelled back at her. I said, I told you don't tailgate me because I don't know how I'm going to get this machine down. I've got one foot on the ground trying to keep the front end down while my bike is still kind of jumping up and down. It was a scary situation because, like, literally my foot is like a foot and a half away from this ledge. And she yells back at me. She goes, I'm not behind you. I'm 10 feet back. And when I turned and looked, I hit something. I hit something that stopped my bike from going backwards. I know I hit something because I yelled right at her, stop tailgating me. Like, I don't want to, if I'm in trouble, I don't want to get you in trouble safety-wise either. And yet here she was about 10 feet back. To this day, there was no roots on that road sticking out, no rocks on that that path sticking out. I have no idea what I hit. No idea what I hit. And like you talk about angels, was it an angel that stopped my bike from going off that hill? That's what I believe. That's mm-hmm. what I believe. Wasn't my time yeah. that day. That, oh yeah, that's one of the stories that that kind of freaks me out a little bit about my life. Yeah, I mean, you, you, many people know and many people don't know Chris Bledsoe's story, uh, and he believes that he has interacted with angels and other things. And again. Chris grew up in an extremely conservative, holiness, speaking in tongues church. And so he interprets his interaction with the universe uh, through his upbringing and through his consciousness. And but it has a message and the message, the message is similar across all your ways of interpreting this stuff. Uh, there's an interaction that you have that tells you about things that are coming and you should prepare for and how we should do better and so forth and so on. And each of us filters it through 
the things we have learned control the universe through our upbringing. And it's just really fascinating to see it. So this is why Linda and I and you and others who are aware of all of this now believe it's all of a, all parts, all facets of the same universal consciousness. If the universal consciousness is this unbelievably beautiful, shiny diamond, all these different ways of looking things are different facets of that diamond. And so uh, it's, it's all of a whole. That's my personal opinion. Dave, anything else? Well, we got about 90 seconds left here. Linda, you know, with all the, the, the scientific background and and the research background that you have, when did you start becoming a little bit more exposed to the UFO cover-up? That was like <laughs> when I was five or six years old. I mean, my father was uh, very heavily involved in that kind of thing. Um, there were things that happened on my grandmother's property. Um, there was something that crashed into the property that left a holes so deep and the air force covered it up with a cement block um and we don't know what that was we don't know if it was some kind of rocket mishap or what um i've spent a lot of time looking through project blue book because i know the air force was there and i was there on my father's shoulders looking at a air force officer when it happened and they were on the scene. So there was a lot of things like that, that we saw and I went through and that inspired me trying to track down the truth and to contact officials about it. And on that note, we'll get more into UFOs, orbs, and much more with hour number two of science, Bob and friends with Dr. Bob McGuire and our special guest tonight, Linda Thompson, researcher and investigator of all things UFO. Spaced Out Radio is hour number two is coming up next. Stay tuned. All right, we are clear. Dave, is it exactly right? We're next going to go to UFOs, your experience with UFOs, your experience, your entry into MUFON and research about UFOs, and then your uh, whatever right you want to say about your about your exit from MUFON and your current research activity with Rich, whatever you want to say about it. So just we're going to go through all of that in the next half hour. And in the last half hour, uh, I'm going to selfishly concentrate on orbs and the things we are seeing. Okay. And let yeah. you say whatever you want to say about it. But, I, but you, of course, I'm in this orbology group that you're in. And we can say a lot of things about how Grant Cameron and others who are saying stuff about orbs and in addition to our own personal experience. All of that in the next. My phone was off and, and you started talking on my phone. <laughs> we, we, uh, all of us have weird electronic experiences in our lives. Uh, 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 yeah, weird stuff. When I worked for um, one of the law firms and um, whenever I volunteered to work late at night to get a, a court filing done, 
um, the IT department went crazy because they knew I would crash the computer system. And they would have me put on the electric bracelets, you know, the uh, surge protector bracelets and everything just to be able to work on the computer. One of my my favorite uh, physicist hero stories is Wolfgang Pauli interacted with uh, C.C. Jung and they developed their overall concepts and writings about synchronicities and other things. And Pauli was very famous for going into laboratories at Princeton and other places. And all of a sudden, uh, thousands of dollars worth of equipment would go up in smoke. So, I mean, it's just so interesting. The, the people that have these interactions with these people. And look, mm-hmm. this is why it's all you need is one of these demonstrations to understand that there is an intimate connection between the electromagnetic quantum field theory, quantum electrodynamics, and whatever this field is of consciousness. You, un- you right. just got to see a few of these things to understand there is an intimate connection, and I'm beginning mm-hmm. to see a picture. So I'm just going to write down the picture, yeah. and I'm synthesizing right. it from things that others have said, but they that each of them had a different piece of the puzzle, and no one's mm-hmm. ever synthesized it, but that's how science is done. You take work yeah. of others and you, you ride on the shoulders of giants. And I think right. I, have, I think I have a piece or two of the puzzle and we'll just see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. You may want to talk about the uh, synchronicities that we've had together. Oh, I definitely will, especially, and... during, especially during the next half hour where, where, where you uh, and Lala and, and, and I were involved in a three-way conversation and we had a drawing appear in the conversation. We don't know where it came from. And it was the quantum electro, quantum harmonic oscillator. Yeah. Plus, I had sent you something two or three years ago. and Yes. And it showed up later in a reading with Lala. I'm going, what? Yeah. Yes. The three of us are, have been, are connected in some way. And I'm happy to see the connection continue. Me too. <laughs> I have a connection with Phil too. You have a connection what? I have a connection with Phil too. Oh, great. He sent you a picture? Well, yeah, but it started before that. Ah. <laughs> yeah, Linda's a pretty cool cat. <laughs> Oh, she definitely is. Yes, Thanks, and now Linda. my son. Thank you. My son says I'm cool. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my my uh, my stepfather said uh, every every young person. Uh, until uh, is a is a baby, and then they grow up and they become teenagers. And from the time they're teenagers until they're about twenty six, their parents are fools. But from the time they're twenty six until they're thirty six, slowly but surely, their parents become geniuses and cool. Yeah, he was in college, and he called us and said that uh, he didn't realize that we were smarter than we were. <laughs> you're, you're, you're geniuses. Yes, exactly. <laughs> 
Yeah, my, my, my stepfather said that all the time. I don't know where he got it, whether he made it up or whatever. I'm just telling you, that's what he said. You, you, you're, you think you're a fool until they begin to grow up and then they realize you're a genius. Yeah. Well, we'll go figure on that one. I'll wait for that one here in a few years. Uh, we got about uh, 45 <laughs> seconds. Okay, we're going to UFOs immediately. All right. Thank you to our super chatters tonight. Carl, Big Dog, La La, Linda, Bob, Jules, Deb, Vaughn, and Cat Chaser. Thank you so much for the love. Hey, if you're not busy, check out our scroll down below. We'd love to see you all in Las Vegas, May 19th through 21st for the second annual fan party that we are putting on. We're going to do a live show. we got a great list of people who are coming to spend time with you, our listeners, and uh, better than any conference. Better than any conference. Jim Goodall, Michael Schratt, Science Bob is going to be there, Melinda Leslie, and so many more. Here we go with hour number two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. want to remind you that if you've missed uh, portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. We want to say hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates, especially our new station, Invernal Utah Ch- Channel X94. Thanks, Charlie, for bringing us on board. And of course, of course, the Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. What do you got for us tonight, Clam? Kakanim. Kakanim is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go with hour number two of Science Bob and Friends. Dr. Bob McGuire, special guest, Linda Thompson tonight. We're going to get heavily into the UFO world. Science Bob, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Dave. Glad to be back. And thank you, audience, for, for being here and listening to this great show tonight. Linda, so um, I recall being young and out in my front yard and playing with my telescope and studying the stars and occasionally seeing weird things go over. And a strange thing has happened in my life. Every woman I've ever been involved with has seen UFOs, had missing time, or etc. So UFOs apparently have been within and around me all my life. And the same is true of you. And you've led, gone into the UFOs that have been around you all your life. You've been abducted. You've had experiences. And you've become a UFO researcher. So just take us through the path of some of your experiences with UFOs on craft. And then your, your path from there to getting into UFO researching and tell us about your new research firm. I know you went to MUFON for a while and now you're in your own research firm. Take us through all of that in the next half hour. I'm sure Dave will have some questions. <laughs> too. That's a lot to go through, but it's interesting. Yeah, it is. 
And I was saying to Irish that I was so excited. Your birthday's the same time mine is. Well, I didn't know that. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, we had experiences from time growing up. Um, as I said, um, we had um, the experience with my family when I was very young, um, where there was the craft, the lights, all of that together as a family. Um, that was my sister was probably very young baby. So I must have been, gosh, three or four. But see, I have a very early memory because I remember my brother's funeral and he died when I was a year old. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Feeling stuck when it comes to writing? Jasper is an AI writing assistant that helps you break through writer's block, create blogs, social content, add variations, really anything you can imagine, much faster than you would on your own. With Jasper's text-to-image generator, you can even create original art. Convey your best ideas better and faster with Jasper. No more blank pages or unfinished pieces. Try Jasper for free at jasper.ai today. Hey, and so um, it was never talked about, but I described it. And when I described it, you know, when I got older, when I described it, they said that, yes, that was my brother's funeral. So I had very early memories. Um, obviously, memories get blocked um, for various reasons. And so that did happen to me. Um, and so I had missing time experiences um, that happened in high school. Um, and I was going over to a friend's house and I saw this really bright light, really low over the trees. And it wasn't a helicopter or anything like that. And I remember stopping and staring at it and, one of these days I might learn not to stop and stare at lights, but I never have. And <laughs> so things happen. <laughs> but, um, and so then when I got to the house to see my friend, the mother said, no, it's been hours since you called and said you were on your way over. You're not, you know, it's too late. We're already in bed. So I guess the person talked about it at school because the next day I got called to the principal's office to talk to him about the UFO that I saw. And so, you know, and so I've had a lot of things like that. I had the incident that was big that I've talked about before when I was on the show. I had regressions since then on that event. And so Everything about that event was terrifying, caused damage, caused me physical damage, caused my car damage. I had to get my cell phone replaced, everything. But after time, I decided that I wanted to know what actually happened in the craft. 
And I had pretty much prepared myself for anything at that point. So I went through that regression. And so um, in the craft, um, there were a couple of medical procedures. One involved an implant. Um, And then the other one, surprisingly, was for my left ankle. And so I had been having trouble with that ankle. Um, I still do. I wear a brace on it. But um, I had had a test that was a hot spot, which means that the nuclear test had showed that there could have been a tumor in that leg. And so, um, but I didn't know that there was a procedure done on that ankle uh, while I was on craft. And they said that it was because they were removing a tumor and that my leg would continue not to be right. I can't turn it all the way. And so um, so that really surprised me um, after the regression, after I got the video and the transcript back. My husband and I, you know, read it through, listened to it. And I was like, OK, I'm going to get a mirror. Just look and see if I see anything on that ankle that indicates this could be true. And so I was like, oh, my God, there was like an incision. So I called my husband to come look at it. And he goes, it's very thin, but it's definitely an incision. And so, but I'd gone like 30 years without knowing that that had been done. And so, um, you know, at that point, I realized that things can be good, bad, mixed. You know, there's just... And yeah, it's our point of view and all that kind of thing, but still it, it it's not all lollipops and roses, you know, and so I deal with that. And um, so that was one of the things. Um, and so, yeah, um, the issue I have with it now is foot drop from um, back injury. And so I wear a brace for that now. Um so anyway, I've had all these different kinds of experiences and okay. so, I've so, uh, been taken from this house. And, you know, I've, I said before that my husband one morning asked me and he knows now when I've been taken, he's 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 asleep, but he just knows because he's had weird dreams during the night. And I'm usually exhausted the next day. And so when I'm ready to wake up, he'll go, you were taken last night, weren't you? And so, and no, that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, You know, people go, oh, you say it happens all the time. No, I don't say it happens all the time. But um, so when it happened here one morning, you know, he told me, he says, where were you last night? And I said, what do you mean? I was sleeping. No, you weren't. He says, you weren't anywhere in the house. Your keys were here. Your purse was here. The cars were here. Everything was locked up. You weren't here. And so that's when it really started to, um, you know, set into him that this was really going on. I want to say say, uh, that um, when I was one year old, we moved from Lebanon, Tennessee to Grove Hill, Alabama. And I have absolutely the clearest possible memory of turning down the road, 
pulling up to our new home and getting out and going in. And I remember it like it was yesterday. And so it's just, I understand that feeling and I, I have an interpretation for it. I won't bore the audience with it. I'll tell you about it later. So the other thing okay. is, the other thing is, um, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting to have, have all these experiences. Uh, and, uh, I was just going to say, uh, you and I have talked and, uh, I don't mind admitting cause I don't see any reason to hide it that that happened to us in the last, uh, two, oh, last two weeks. Uh, there was a time when I woke up and I knew something had happened in the middle of the night. I'm not going to say anything more than that other than it really is. It is different and interesting to be aware that it happens mm -hmm. and then have it happen. I can't imagine poor your poor husband not realizing or not believing or whatever it happens. And then all of a sudden have an epiphany. Oh my goodness, this mm -hmm. really is happening. Okay. So uh, let's, let's go from there to uh, you're getting into detailed research, but in particular, I want you to go into make sure you cover going into MUFON and the work you did there and ERT and so forth. And tell us what you can about uh, the that you recently left MUFON and your new research activity. Okay. All right. Um, so I had been doing research and some media work behind the scenes for some ufologists for some time. And that started even before the Nimitz case and all of that. Okay. Um, and so when I showed up on UFO Twitter back then, um, I got hell um, because, you know, it's like, who are you and where did you come from and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I told him, I said, well, I'm a researcher. I've been researching for a long time, but I don't, you know, kiss and tell, so to speak. I, I keep everything on the down low. Um, you know, some of this stuff I, I don't like to brag about or mention, you know, who I do work for that kind of thing. And so it's a, confidential um you know like uh, richard dolan and tracy have both given me permission to say that i helped them and i've done book drafts for richard um and so um you know that type of thing if i find research i send it to him if i know it's something he's currently working on and so um you know, that I've worked with other ufologists. Um, I also do um, some work for international people and also some politicians, um, people that know if they need an answer really quick, they can contact me and they'll get a quick answer and they don't have time to look it up and they're and, and you'll keep your mouth shut. Right, exactly. And I get really tickled sometimes because, you know, I was helping one politician and um, and I helped him come up with a name for something. And so then the next day, the reporters asked him, where did that name come from? What does it mean? Um, why did you pick that name? And he called me and goes, quick, 
tell me where did that name come from why did i call it that? it was hysterical <laughs> i just laughed and so um you know I, I do stuff like that um and so obviously i'm doing other research as well um on an international case that you kind of led me path, down the path on so i'm still working that um and then i Got into MUFON, obviously, because, um, which I got more work, um, more information from, by the way. I have all these international people I contacted, and I'm getting some of the stuff back. Um, and so MUFON I got into because, obviously. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app. I wanted to research cases and I wanted it to broaden my research skills. So um, I knew how, you know, I had multiple reasons for getting into MUFON. I wanted to understand MUFON better on many levels, but I also wanted to be able to learn the way to research cases based on their correct method that was being taught at that time when I entered. Um, and then also the ERT team. Linda, I want to and, ask, uh, sorry for cutting you off there. I want to ask you a quick question what? about MUFON. What, in, as someone who's been in the organization and just left the organization, and I, and we all have mutual friends uh, good people who mm -hmm. are working hard under the MUFON banner to try and bring some seriousness to this topic. In your opinion, what is the fault of MUFON? Why do they seem to get the short end of the stick in the public eye? I have my feelings about it, but I'm curious about yours. Okay. There's many wonderful, serious very technical people that do spend their time and it is a very expensive thing to be a MUFON investigator. It's not paid. Many people think you're paid. Every single dime comes out of your pocket. So you have to be in it for the right reasons to, um, but there's plenty of people who aren't in it for the right reasons. I'll also say that. And so there's just a lot of things that I won't say at this time, but I would say um, leadership is a huge issue um, right now. Um, 
I would say that there's it's a multi-layer in organization. There's on paperwork is different from what it actually is. There's multi-layers of um, investigators. Um, and some of them that are gone are still active, which is very confusing when you're an investigator. Um, and there's also things that go on because probably, probably some agencies probably do get access to the database. Um, and I'll just say that flat out. Um, and if you talk to a board member, they will not say yes or no. They will say, well, we can't stop the government from getting into our database if they want to get into our database. And so it, it, it always bothered me. I'm just going to tell you from the get-go, from my earliest days as a member of MUFON, they have all this data, and you got to really work at it, even as a member, even though you have access to get into to look at any, any of it, yet you keep hearing how people with access – credentials, government, money, whatever, they get access to the database willy-nilly and sell it and move it around. I mean, you know, it's well, just, uh, I, I, I believe the organization has, in fact, taken money for access to the database in order to fund their activities. And so uh, I just never could figure all this out mm-hmm. until all of this began to happen. Here, here's what yeah. I Here's what I see, Linda is I see an organization that has a that has lost its way. And I was talking to a board mm-hmm. member just last week about this. He asked my opinion. And I said, you used to be the voice of the people. Then, after the Bigelow incident in the early 2000s, you wanted to play with the big boys in the government. And that attitude has not changed. The other issue that you had is you've had leaders even currently, and and I'm not saying Dave McDonald as a person, I'm saying Dave McDonald as a leader, Jan Harzan previous to that, you have a leaders of this field that if we don't talk about it, it never happened. And there's a lot of questions that needed to be addressed that neither have addressed, which has caused a lot of public concern. You know, whether it's... Uh, the situation with Mr. Harzan that he is currently involved in with his lawsuit and, and, and arrest, whether that's Bob Bigelow buying into MUFON and getting people's names, phone numbers, and and results, whether that is the, the uh, story of John Ventry, where he allegedly made racist comments on his Facebook, and that was never dealt with either. And it's left a lot of battle scars on MUFON. And I said to this board member, you beg the people to come to you with your their reports, their videos, their experiences, so that way you can have the data, yet you are not sticking up for the voice of the people. You want to play with the government. Yet you're asking the people to donate. You're asking the people to help fund you. You're asking the people for their information that they are trusting you with. And in the meantime, you don't have their back. You don't have their back. I said, where have you been in the media for the last five years? Since the two of the Stars Academy and the New York Times article came out. 
I said, you've been nowhere. Your PR, per, your PR person hasn't been there. If you're the voice of the people, where are you? And I said, you guys need a good head shaking from top to bottom because you have an opportunity here where everybody else is concentrating on nuts and bolts. SCU, Galileo, the new Enigma project, uh, UAPX, uh, what Avi Loeb's uh, group there, whatever that Galileo. Uh, Galileo, I mean, which is completely gone silent. Everybody wants nuts and bolts. You're the voice of the people. The government isn't giving anything to the people. You have an opportunity to stand up here, and you're doing nothing with it. And, you're, and they won't talk about they won't talk well, about orbs at all. Well, I don't care about orbs right now. I'm just talking about MUFON as a project. And and to me, Linda, that is that is an issue that we have to deal with. And MUFON seems lost in the shuffle because they don't they want Dave McDonald wants to go down the government road. The rest of the team wants to keep investigating, but they don't know what the hell direction they're taking. Okay, <clears throat> I know way too much um, on all of this. You know, I'm a deep dive um, investigative researcher. Um, I've taken very, very deep dives into this. No, way too much. Um, okay, so there's basically only one person in MUFON that matters. And... Um, and that's David McDonald. Okay. So the buck stops with him on everything. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into all the details, but MUFON has lost a lot of state directors, a lot of investigators in the last couple of years, and it's going to lose more. Okay. And so, like, recent, they've taken... I'm sorry, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because we do have to go to break here. Science Bob and Friends continues on Space Out Radio. We'll continue with Linda's answer about MUFON right after this on the Mighty SOR. Stay tuned. Oh, it's a- Bob, I'm sorry about cutting you off there. No, it's okay. We will pick up right there. This is too important to drop, and we'll just shorten the stuff on the yeah. orbs and other things. But we will cover them. Yeah, my- so the, re- the, 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 re- the reason I'm jumping up and down on orbs is, Dave, that's where the answer is, and you fall, and, and MUFON won't go there. Oh, oh I agree with you. I, agree. I go. I know you do, but you left. <laughs> but- yeah, but my last case was three orbs in one case. I, I said to this person, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to name this person, but I said to this person point blank, I said, if you guys were smart, if you guys were smart, and you want to get your name out there, you want to start talking and getting your name out there, I said, why don't you have a press release out stating where's the where's the UFO report? We're we're three months in now. Where is it? I said, that's where it starts. That's right? number one. And number two, they, they could they could have. They could have and should have started SCU and didn't. They could have. 
Well, they lost their two top people. No kidding. That's what I'm talking about. They lost them. They shouldn't have lost them. Right. Um, Yeah, I know way too much. (laughs) Well, I mean, look, Robert and Rich are two of the greatest, smartest, most wonderful people I've ever had the opportunity to brush up against. I haven't really had the opportunity to work with them yet. But I've gotten to know them a bit being inside an mm-hmm. SCU and having gone to the SCU meeting with you and others. They are quality people. And that that uh, the, that report they did on the UFO down in Puerto Rico, where it went in and out of the water mm-hmm. and showed it transmedium. And also it's right. first class. Why didn't move? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app. Buffon do that because they ran off the people that could do it. Uh, they're not interested. Just not not interested. No. The person I talked to said, Dave, you have brought up more points tonight that I have ever thought of that we should be doing. He goes, I'm going to take this to Dave McDonald. And he goes, I'm going to tell you right now, he's not going to go for it. And I said, that's fine. I said, but you guys as board of directors need to understand this, okay? And until you do, you're going to keep floundering. You're going to keep floundering. So, I mean, look, in, 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 me, in me, they had an experiencer, a scientist, and so forth. And a person we know really wanted to push me to help come in and organize research. And... They didn't. They wouldn't. They wouldn't hear of it. They wouldn't even talk to me. Mm-hmm. Right. They're not interested. And I'm, I'm too stupid to to uh, have done some. See, they didn't know who I was or the level of investigation that I do, and so um, that. But there's only one person at MUFON that counts, and that's David McDonald. He tells yeah, the and, board, and, and he had an opinion. He had his opinion of you led him to take a drastic action against one of the best people they had in the organization. Yeah. That is crap. And he is not, has no business leading an organization that's funded by the public. And then he lied about it. Uh, he lied about me and he lied about that person to all kinds of people. And that's defamation of character and he should have been sued. Oh, but it doesn't stop there. It's much wider. Well, I get it. There's, let's let's not go there. It's, there's 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 nothing. They are a dying organization, and people mm-hmm. are fighting over crumbs. 
Uh, YJ, mm-hmm. said, YJ says in the chat room, Dave, why give corrupt organizations ideas to grow when we should be educating the public on why to avoid them? Because in today's society, I, I won't give that a thumbs up. I understand your point, Linda, but I won't give that a thumbs up. The, mm-hmm. My thinking of it, and this is my opinion, okay, it would take millions of dollars to set up what MUFON currently has. What you have to do is you have to eject the majority of the board of directors who've been there forever, and you have to come in, get fresh faces in there with a new blueprint on where they need to go. The, okay, so the, pro- the, pro- the problem with it, Dave, is the, the problem that is with it, Dave, is the members do not vote on the, who's right. on No, the I, board I, of I understand that. I understand that, okay, and I and realize McDonald's it's, controls everything. I realize it's not going to happen, but that's why if you if you had a chance to rebuild Mufon, you would have to do it that way, okay. And Member, so, members elect board members. Yeah, uh, we got ten seconds here, everyone. Ten seconds. Here we go. We pass the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really do appreciate it. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Final time tonight, Science Bob and Friends, Dr. Bob McGuire and Linda Thompson, researcher, experiencer, investigator. Here we are talking about MUFON right now, as Linda has just recently left MUFON for... Her own independent type of work, Linda. Welcome back, Science Bob. Welcome back. I'd like to limit. I'd like to limit this part to ten minutes, and let's cover the end of your talk about MUFON and tell us about your new organization with Rich, and then let's go over into the orbs and the things we found lately. Okay. Um, all right. So, yes, there's many issues. Um, at some point, I'm going to deep dive into all of it um, that I have found out. Um, But regardless, um, there are cases that disappear. Um, I'm told, like I was told of one case, major case I was going to get. And then next day, um, part of it disappeared. The information disappeared. Um, I knew what was going on because I knew of the event before it happened. Um, and so I, you know, that was a very, that proved to me that they were pulling strings behind at headquarters or 
um, that person that is officially, you see, there, the CMS data bank, as big as it is, it's very limited, okay? So when somebody submits a video, it's going to trim the video. So I might see five seconds of a video. 99% of the investigators don't know it's trimmed. I know it's trimmed because I recognize the word trim. I always ask for the original videos, original images, so I can do a full analysis, full forensics, full everything on them. Okay. Um, And so I end up with a lot of stuff other investigators don't end up with. And, and it's because of that. And at the move on conference, I specifically asked some of the key people why at the investigator training course, why they weren't telling people about the trim um, issue. And so it didn't, they didn't, not at all. Um, So anyway, I'm out of there. I finished up my last case today. Um, It was a amazing case i've had that's four amazing cases i've had in a row um big cases most of my cases were around military bases um and and government facilities and so um those are very important cases um and so um one of the lifetime members that paid $1,500 to be a lifetime member. Um, and he became an ERT person. He's formerly with MUFON, um, was head of the SIP, the SIP project. Um, so that goes back to the um, BAS project. Um, and so... And that was the DIA project that was involved. He was the head guy in charge of that. Uh, Okay. So then, and McDonald and other people knew he was an ERT person. He had helped me with the major case. And um, he was filming the interview of the people, of the person. Um, And so, if you go on location for an investigation, you're supposed to carry and have another investigator with you for safety and all of that. And so that's what I did. I asked him. And so anyway, um, in the process of doing all of that out of the blue, um, the leadership of MUFON decided that he could no longer be involved with ERT or an investigator there was a chain of emails that went out. And so that went out to everybody in ERT. Um, and so everybody saw how McDonald and Hudgens um, got rid of him um, after he paid his money. Um, and so that stirred up another hornet's nest that a lot of people are upset about. So we have um, skills that we work together well as a team. Um, he has scale, skills in particular areas. He also was a federal investigator. So he has the federal investigator skills. Um, and I have the other research skills. And so together we work well. 
And so we are putting together a group and we're not going to be move on 2.0. We have our own things that we are going to do. Um, And some of it's going to be seminars, Um, police officers, law enforcement. They aren't getting any training on how to handle these sightings, how to handle these cases that come up. Um, Nothing. And a lot of these people know what's going on, but they don't know what to do with the information. I know of one law enforcement facility near a military base. I've been told they have a file cabinet going back decades full of UFO reports. Okay. So these, these are important things that people need to know. Okay, so I know police officers tell, here that don't tell, know. Tell us the name of the entity and how people can find it. Okay. We're not announcing the entity yet. Um, okay. And so, but we've already had some big players in the ufology world um, hook into us. Yes. And so we plan on having um, some very good investigators involved depending on how this progresses and how it grows. So, yeah. Um, I suspect, we're I, not, know, I, suspect I know, I expect I know a couple of people that would want to talk to you about how to, how to do things. So if you don't mind, I'm going to segue because um, the number of orb sightings around the world is exploding mm-hmm. exponentially. Even the United States government has now leaked out and admitted and getting FOIA'd and everything else, and they know that the number of orb sightings is exploding around the world. So I got right. curious when we had an orb show up in the house here that was visible. And so I got camera. So we had orb or two or three or four or 20 and we had electronic voice phenomenon, which you know about. And uh, I got curious. I bought other cameras and I put them outside. And these are simple security cameras. But almost immediately, we began capturing orbs. And we had a lot of doubt. People were doubting us because who are we? These are cheap cameras. And what we are finding is what I think other people around the world now know that are into orbs a lot. If you have X camera, they adapt themselves so that X camera will show something. If you have a fancy $100,000 telescope, they're going to fix it so you get something fancy with your $100,000 telescope. The phenomenon interacts with you as an individual working with your consciousness to use the equipment you have to show you them. And that's what we found. We have these $40 security cameras and we've been gathering one video after another of orbs. And we began talking about it. And Grant Cameron heard us talking about it went, Oh my goodness, here is a psychic and a scientist. And we finally have something I think I can grab onto. And he started the group Orbology. And he went on Jimmy. How do I know? He went on Jimmy Church and he told everybody and their brother that, that Lala and I were the, we were the basis for him deciding to do Orbology. So we, we found out very quickly. Grant 
knows like everybody and their brother in the world. And he quickly had many people join this horology. And in one month, one month, Linda, he gathered over one million, one million in 30 days or photos and videos. So Lala and I began sending you our photos and videos. And we've seen lots of others in the orbology group. Mm -hmm. And they're all sorts of different. So if you have a color camera, the thing show up as color. If you have uh, a motion detection camera, they show up as moving things. So our things are all motion cameras. The motion is detected and it triggers the camera and it records the motion. And you have been doing some analysis of the videos we've been sending you. And you are free to say whatever you have found. Uh, we do not care. You are free to talk about it in any way you want or to show it to anyone you want to show it to. Okay, thank you. Um, okay, yes. Okay, so some of the orbs um, that I've been seeing in cases as well as yours, um, some of them do appear to be structured craft. And for instance, the fiery red what I have found repeatedly in the cases where I've been able to analyze the images um, is that they are hiding craft behind those fiery orbs. Um, now there are orbs that are life forms and there are ways to tell that. And they are completely different in the way that they function, the way that they move. Um, and so, um, I was being given the orb cases in Virginia for quite a while. Um, and then there was a lot of them. Um, so, but I've gotten great ones. And so that helped me to kind of fine tune the forensics and the analysis for them. On yours, um, one of the things that we saw um, pretty early on and it's the uniqueness. Okay. So people focus in on just the orb, just the craft when they're taking a picture or when their video is going and then they want to cut it or whatever. Okay. So you want your raw, you want to not zoom and you want to be able to submit it. Okay. So what we were finding is that if I, did the analysis and I focused on just the orb, I was getting results. I could see whether it was a life form. I could see if it was craft, that type of thing. But then I noticed that there was so much more with it that the whole area around it was different. Um, we picked up where one humongous orb does not appear to actually be an orb, but to be some kind of a communication field, whether it's blocking communication or enabling communication. And there's electronic um, field around it. Um, and so, but some of the patterns, and I've only seen this also with Skinwalker Ranch um, shots that I've taken and analyzed, is that there is like schematic type of, of images behind the orbs or behind the life forms. Well, that are let, there. Let, let me interrupt and ask some questions. So in our cameras, 
when we see mm-hmm. these large electronic surveillance orbs, we can hear pings and pulses on the microphone because mm-hmm. right. the electronic, uh, electromagnetic pulses are interacting with the microphones mm-hmm. and we can hear right. it on the video recording. Yeah. Okay, so, and then yeah. we see the really fast moving orbs, the mm-hmm. really fast moving orbs, and almost always they appear to be pointing out and announcing flashes that occur way high in the sky. So right. you have, you've, you've shown us, and I'm telling you, I just was shocked the first time you pointed out uh, that inside one of these orbs that moves really fast are clear cut images of aliens. They are just mm-hmm. as clear as day inside these orbs. Yeah. Are those the living yeah. orbs? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You know, okay, so, so yeah, then, that... and then and then with the flashes, once you look at them in detail, zoom in on them and do whatever you can do to enhance mm-hmm. it and take a look at it, those are structured craft. And on occasion, you can see in these videos the pop, and you see a craft come out of the pop. So that's a portal mm-hmm. opening, and a craft comes yeah. out, and then a pop, and the craft goes back through the portal. It's like a portal's mm-hmm. opening, a craft enters our atmosphere and does its thing, mm-hmm. and it leaves out through another portal. This is as clear right. as day on these $40 cameras. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've also started um, using sound analysis because of some of your things going on. And um, it's, yeah, and there's it's not an explosion. It's something that is specific to that phenomenon that you're getting. I first recognized that electronic um, orb situation because one of my cases had a very strong electronic interference on the cameras, and that's when I recognized it. Um, And so it all works together, and we're finding out more and more. um, So so I've sent you a picture of an orb that was one of these things that had the entities in it. And it was distorted mm-hmm. to heck and back, and it was behind mm-hmm. that electronic orb. You could mm-hmm. see the great big electronic orb painted on the sky, and behind it, one of those orbs with entities in it, and it was distorted and it was hard to see. When it moved, when right. they moved, and they began to move away from the center to the edge, because whatever this was, surveillance drone or whatever it is, the sitting right in the middle, they would go around the edge to avoid it. And that's when we began to see the entities inside the orbs. Right. And you're picking up um, the things coming through in the same area of the Big Dipper where Ben Hansen had said the pilots are seeing. Yes, Mirac is Ursa Major Beta. That's the second brightest star in the Big Dipper. And Mirac appears to be a big, huge, important location because our deck is looking north and our camera mm-hmm. is looking north and it's catching all this stuff going on. Yeah. The other thing, the other thing that <clears throat> I've, I've sent you and I want to point out to people is this new Psyonix Offsend low light level camera is amazing. So I've right. now uh, taken a video of a craft exhibiting mm-hmm. non-ballistic motion flying over our house and 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you stay at a Verbo vacation home, the host doesn't stay with you. So when you share an inside joke, sunscreen, or a couch, it will only be with people you want to be there. Because without privacy in your vacation home, it isn't really a vacation, is it? Only whole vacation homes, always private. Book on the Verbo app. There are two no tams over our house. Nobody's supposed to be flying over our house because we're so right. near improving ground and these NASA laser mm -hmm. things. So these are not U.S. government or other allowed craft. And if there was a craft in there that belonged to an earthly thing, they would be interfered with by the U.S. government sending fighters up to see what they're doing. That's the other thing is I eliminate a lot of that stuff. Um, that's part of the training is that we eliminate what can be eliminated before we evaluate you know, the orbs or their craft or whatever. And so, yeah, um, that's one of the things that we were careful to do with your orbs. Okay, let's, let, let's not concentrate on me anymore. Let's concentrate on any other orb cases you want to talk about and give Dave a chance to get a question in before we wrap this up. <laughs> He's got like two seconds. Uh, well, I had one um, with soot orb and actually there are four orbs that went over. Um, and they typically are like a yellow orange and the bigger they get, the deeper the orange is, or it becomes a red. That's what I've seen in most of my cases. This particular one is like those I've seen otherwise is that it was hiding other things in it. And so clearly a craft was hiding and it was a pyramid shape with it, but then there was another distinct shape of a craft that was with that orb. So and, you think um, what Lieutenant Graves saw out on the eastern range was these, these, these cubes and pyramids inside these orbs that were hot, trying to hide crafts that they weren't, they didn't seem to be trying to hide. But the Navy saw that in their training range constantly off Virginia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got some huge cases um, and evidence from the Virginia military bases. Let's not leave Dave out. Dave, your turn. Well, there's a number of people wanting to, to, to know about UFOs and, and how they're getting here. Where are they coming from? You know, how are they operating? Have we figured any of this out, Linda? Um, we're learning. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who don't want to, you know, there's people that say it's this and that's it. Um, take the labels off of everything. You know, it's like, oh, that's a plasma orb. We don't know that. I can tell you what people are calling plasma is that red fiery thing that's hiding what's really there. Uh -huh. So, right. And so, um, and there's ways to determine that. And so um, we just have to learn and take all the labels off of everything. Okay. So let me tell you my next, my next science Bob segment is going to cover 
something to do with consciousness, we're going to find somebody to come in and talk with me about it because consciousness is definitely behind whatever is propelling these craft. We know this because of abductees flying the craft by touching their hands and talking to the living organism that is the craft. Okay, we know this, and I just feel there's this connection between consciousness and the other quantum fields that is yet to be worked out that I think I have pieces of. And so we're going to bring right. in somebody and talk about it. Dave, anything else? Well, I think it, it, it's also good to say that, I mean, Linda, the organization you are working with, I'm, I'm hoping it's something new. I'm really hoping it's not Enigma. And I'm really hoping that, <laughs> you know, what we need, and th this is my sound advice, we don't need more nuts and bolts. It's useless. What we need is we need a voice of the people in this field. We need a group that is going to be the voice of the people where people can actually take time and find a place, a safe haven, where they can report their sightings, their videos, their audio, whatever it may be. That is what is needed. Anything else, in my opinion, out of the thousands of people I have talked with, and yes, I do consider myself an authority on that, I think is is absolute uh, hogwash. And I really hope that your new group takes a hard look at what it may or what its goals are, what its mantra is, and I really hope that that is a voice of the public because the public is yearning in this subject to get the right story, to have somebody backing them. And if you guys are, are that group, I personally would put my name on it as a PR person to help get press releases out to the public regarding this and and out to the media, the mainstream media, not just the alternative. And so at points there there are times we all have to step up. And if your new new group is legit, which I hope it is because your word has always been good to me, I really hope that it's <laughs> not about nuts and bolts. That it is about, it is about being a voice for the people, truth and voice of the people and truth, mm -hmm. wherever that leads, wherever right. it leads. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up because I have the magic finger here that says "wrap it on up." Science Bob and friends, Doctor Bob McGuire, one down, eleven more to go in 2023. Linda Thompson, thank you so much for being our special guest thank tonight. You. Coming up next, we're going to head to the swamp. Then, little Timmy Senor comes in for an unabashed UFO report. We'll be back right after this. There we go. We are clear. The last thing I ever thought in my life is I would be sitting here talking about orbs and craft over my house, seeing aliens and having ghosts walking through my house and giving me electronic voice phenomena on my on my cameras and buying all this ghost hunting equipment so I could interact with them. <laughs> I never thought I would be here until this last year. Right. It's amazing. Yes. Thank you, Dave. All right, not a problem. Science Bob, we'll say goodnight to you as well. Take care. See you guys. Linda, we'll see you Bye. as well. Good night. All right. Do we bring in the Timbit early? 
Do we? There he is. There he's not. 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 How you doing, Timmy? <clears throat> I'm doing well, Dave. Thanks for asking. How about yourself? Oh, I got this frog in my throat. I can't shake tonight. Pissing me yeah. off. Yeah. Oh, but what a great show. Man, tasty. Applesauce, so how many, you doing? So and many questions. So many questions. Uh, yeah. Great show, though. Great show. Great I love show, Linda. Yeah. It was such a pleasure to meet her. Hi, Linda. Lovely Linda She's Thompson. Great. Look at Pixie yes. Lara there throwing in a Timmy. Timmy. I'm not supposed to be here. Why? Well, we're early. You know. I know. Good stuff, though. I had to put a listener, in a, put my arm up like an NHL referee. Give him a five-minute major. Don't like doing that. Yeah. D- don't like doing that. You know how I feel. Peace in the chat. Man. Yeah. You know how I feel about that. Yeah, new, new Newcomers to our chat room, please understand, okay? Our chat room is not a democracy. It is a Davocracy, which means Dave makes the rules. You could call it Dave Unism. You could call it Davist for instead of fascist, Davist. Okay. You could call it a Davocracy, whatever you want. All right. Whatever you want. My rules are pretty simple if you're new. There is no insulting of guests or other people in the chat room because their opinion is different. Or you may have a history with that person. Doesn't matter to me. Everyone is allowed in our chat room. Everyone. Dave World Order. That's a good one. Daveville. Thank you. Okay. And just we don't talk dirty conspiracies. We don't talk about things with children. We don't talk about things about uh, whether or not you're vaccinated or not. We don't talk COVID. We don't talk all this stuff. It's about being able to sit back and relax and just stop for a couple of minutes because you finally got a break from the BS you've had to deal with all day long. Have a drink. Enjoy. Reset yourself. And if you have Taco Bell, I hate you. I hate you bad right now because I would love a taco right now. I would. I would. I would love a taco. Hi, Bombshell Bomber. So it's real simple. If you want to play by the rules, which are pretty easy rules to follow, you know, hang out. Have a good time. If if you don't want to play by the rules... Strike one, strike two, and strike three. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. 
Yeah, and don't take it too seriously. Like Christine, I mean, we're here. talking about UFOs. Like, look at look I mean, at Christine here insulting Taco Bell. It'll make you not poop or poop too much. Come on, Christine. Come totally on. Right. Nailed just it. Potty mouth talk right there. Potty mouth she's talk. Right. Just dirty girl. Dirty. She's right. She's right. Yeah, I've never had that problem. There goes my taco. Watch it as it goes. It's worth it though. When I it's, it's worth it. When it, I get to San, when I get to San Francisco for UFO Con, the first thing I'm doing is Uber Eats right on the plane. Right on the plane. Okay? The minute I grab my luggage, I am literally, literally, this is true. I am literally ordering Uber Eats, Taco Bell, bring me two of everything. And I am getting down and dirty and ugly with them tacos and that Baja Blast uh, Mountain Dew. Okay, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. I don't care about my diet at that point. Okay. Don't care, but I'm going to suplex the hell out of those tacos right down my throat. I'm, I, I haven't even decided if I'm going to chew them or not. Okay. There, there might not be a point of chewing that. 10 seconds. Now I'm, I'm not hanging out with you in San Francisco. Now I'm hungry. Hold on. <clears throat> Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi, by the way, to our brand new listeners at Channel X94 in Vernal, Utah. Good to have you with us. I'm going to be your favorite Canadian after all this is done. Just going to say that. want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Kakanim. Kakanim is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers. As a a clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again for us to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I live in a small town in Oregon. It was isolated. Very little traffic traveled along the long, winding country roads. 
At the time, I was 14 years old, living on a farm with my parents, grandparents, cousins, and brother. The reason we all moved in together is something that I'd rather not get into. But needless to say, it could have been better. But we made the best of it. When most people think of Oregon, you probably think of places like Portland or Salem. But there's a whole other side to the state that is much less talked about. Beyond the cities are forests that stretch for miles and miles, sprawling with all forms of wildlife within its vast terrain. We've seen just about every wild animal the state has to offer. Instead, it'd be an elk crossing one of our pastures or a black bear hunting for food in the nearby ravine. However, nothing would compare to what my cousins and I saw just a few weeks ago. Allow me to introduce my cousins. Cade is age 14, Jack is age 16, and Mason is 20. We all decide to walk around our stables to check up on the horses. The stable was about a five minute walk from the farmhouse. It was about 6.30 p.m. when we set off and it was starting to get dark. On the way there, Cade pointed out something in the middle of the pasture. Hey, look, what is that? We all turned to see what he was talking about. There was a figure that resembled an abnormally tall man. Judging by the distance, it was at least eight feet tall. But something was off. It seemed to be hoisted atop a pole with its arms dangling. Since when did Grandpa start using scarecrows out here? That's what I guessed when I was first looking at it. Feeling a fear overcame the four of us. It was as if whatever was on that pole was waiting for us to make a move. Even Mason was spooked. I don't have a good feeling about this. I think we should turn back. We all retreated to the farmhouse. Mason turned back one last time before we could enter. What in the actual hell? He stammered as he pointed in the direction of the quote-unquote scarecrow. We looked back, and then we froze. The figure had somehow moved much closer to us. Much closer. It was now only about 50 feet away, and it was too noticeable for us to dismiss. We could now see certain features. The thing had a burlap sack on its head, and what looked like a bloody smile carved into it. It wore a ripped plaid shirt tucked into a black pair of jeans. Before we could even react, the scarecrow leapt down from the pole on all fours and began moving at us at a pace that was inhuman, that frightened the absolute daylights out of me. It uttered the most disturbing shriek I have ever heard. The four of us quickly made our way back to the farmhouse, practically shoving each, shoving each other to get through the front door. Thankfully, we all managed to escape with our lives. But the story does not quite end here, no. We didn't know what to tell our grandparents, so we kept this to ourselves and hoped that the creature would never return. Later that night, we woke up to Mason, shouting and pointing at something outside the window. When we all got up to see what it was, whatever he saw was gone. It could have been a nightmare, but the fear I saw in his eyes told me it was that same creature we saw in the fields. We have since named it the Cornstalker. Something tells me that this is only the beginning. We are the only ones out here for miles and miles. Winter has arrived. We will likely be snowed in with nowhere to run. We hope it never returns, but I get the feeling that it's never quite left. Wow, another great story by the Swamp Dweller tonight. As we enjoy heading into the swamp each and every third hour, Monday through Friday night. Hey, if you want more stories from the swamp, all you got to do is go to his YouTube channel. Go to youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. And check it on out. Just hit subscribe on his channel. That's a good way to support what he does. All right. From the swamp to the stars, it's time for little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. 
What's happening there, Mr. Tim? Good to have you back on the show. Indeed. It's good to be back. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that long. It hasn't been that long, no. Oh, I know. I did something, by the way. I did something. Yeah. I yeah, had a did. conversation with a Mountie today who came into my daytime office. I walked right up to him. Don't know the guy. So, get any weird calls lately? He goes, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, I said I'm the I'm the guy on the weird desk in this town." I said, "I like my UFOs, my monsters, my ghosts." He goes, "Oh, UFOs, yeah." He goes, "I deal a lot with the First Nations in Canham Lake, right by my area," and he goes, "Man." I've seen a lot of cool videos from there. I said, what you seeing? He goes, a lot of green orbs coming off the mountains. I said, yeah. I said, right by the old Canham Hendricks mine that shuts down? He goes, exactly. I said, yeah. He goes, you might want to check out there. I get a lot of calls from that area. And I'm like, very interesting. Thank you for the tip. What's your email and phone number so I could send you some? I'm very good with that. Gave my email, gave my phone number. Got one in the bank, man. Got one in the bank. I'm looking forward to it. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. Yeah. That area, there's an old mine there, like I said, called Canham Hendricks. And many of the uh, First Nation band there, uh, they have... Uh, seen giant footprints of Sasquatch around the entrance of the cave that goes into the mine. And for years, decades, while that mine was going, people would report, allegedly, that they would see UFOs hovering over the mine, almost like they were filling up on some sort of fuel coming from it. Now, what kind of mine it was, I don't know. I don't know. Up here, there's a lot of gold mines. Maybe they were hovering over it for gold. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With one of the best savings rates in America, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than choosing Slash to be in your band. Next up for lead guitar. You're in. Cool. (laughs) Yep, even easier than that. And with no fees or minimums on checking and savings accounts, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank for details. Capital One and a member FDIC. I don't know. But lights over that area have been seen for decades. 
decades. So I'm kind of stoked about this. It's like my 2023 for the weird keeps building, Tim. Got UFOs over the mountains. Uh, I've got some Dogman just to the east of me. Got some Sasquatch to the west and east. I'm going to have a busy, busy week uh, or months of, of weekends, man, chasing down these monsters. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're literally living in a gold mine up there. I keep hearing all these stories. I'm like, send me a video. I want to see. Send me a casting. I want to. I want more. I want to come and visit in person. I want to see that stuff. That sounds great. And you know, the more credible witnesses you line up, the better it's going to be. You know, you're just stacking them up. Those are great cases. Well, we're going to continue it. Speaking of cases, I also mm-hmm. did something the other day that I never really do this on Twitter, okay? But I decided to make one of those polls. And here was the question. Are you for disclosure no matter how it comes out? Or are you believing disclosure doesn't exist and what we are getting is confirmation of the phenomena? What's your thoughts? Well, 96 people took this poll. What do you think the split is for disclosure versus confirmation? I would guess like half and half. See, I thought it would be like that too. Nope. 78.1% of people polled stated that they are for disclosure no matter how or what happens. Wow. They are pro-disclosure. Only 21.9% people believe there is no such thing as disclosure, and there is only confirmation. Hmm. I have to tell you, Tim, I'm a little stunned by this, considering that we are... Well, let me put it this way. It doesn't take a rocket scientist, okay, or an astrophysicist to know that we are being played a little bit by the U.S. government, by the military. I mean, how many times have we talked about this over the last year? I mean, it's a sickening conversation by now. But the, the idea that still so many people who have an interest online in this subject, it baffles me that they will take disclosure over confirmation no matter how it happens. We're not going to tell you anything, Tim, but let us just tell you that disclosure happened. But we're not going to give you the goods. You're not going to know about Roswell. You're not going to know about what the Tic Tacs are. You're not going to know about anything in between. Trust us, guys. Trust us. To me, that's a dangerous precedent, man. Yeah. I wonder if it's generational. You know, um, it seems potentially something that's almost linked to, and quote, uh, quote, unquote, a religion. You know, once you've made your mind up about something. Um, and so something like this poll really does surprise me. 
you know, because you're basically asking for someone else to make your mind up for you again. Um, you know, I think absolutely what we need is confirmation. Like, I'm a little bit surprised to see that that isn't kind of picking up more pace. I think it's simply that the word disclosure kind of comes with a preconceived notion of what that is and where it's coming from, right? Disclosure for a lot of people would mean it's on every major media source uh, and the president himself is like, yep, it, it's happened. Um, and so maybe that's the disclosure that people are talking about that they really want. That would be massive, but at the same rate, you're asking for someone else's opinion to rule you. And it would come from where, really? Government? Uh, church? State? Who? And so I like confirmation simply because that would be something that is tangible, that you can take to the bank and be like, look, this confirms that this is real that the phenomenon exists and it's undeniable. And then you would get whatever trickles down from that. It's undeniable at that point. And so I'm much more behind the confirmation than disclosure and always have been. And that's why I'm on the personal search as you probably know. Well, you know, you know what it is for me. If, if we go to the definition of disclosure, it is a noun that reads the action of making new or secret information known. This is an oxymoron, Tim, because here we're wanting disclosure, we're backing disclosure, but we don't want we don't care if disclosure has anything unknown. And I I wonder about that. You know, I wonder where where everything is is coming from and it bothers me that there are so many people out there who are willing to accept this kind of this this information because it's not disclosure okay but they're willing to accept this information whatever it is without asking questions without asking uh, anything that's pertinent to the conversation. All right? And this is where I get confused. Like, how do you accept that? How do you accept the idea, Tim, that I'm going to tell you they're real, but I'm not going to show you any information? Yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you that you're having steak and lobster with garlic mashed potatoes and asparagus on the side. In the meantime, I'm feeding you baby pablum. But you have yeah. to believe me that that pablum is actually steak and lobster with mashed potatoes and asparagus. Yeah. You're absolutely right. We have to be so careful um how we are being fed disclosure quote unquote, and what the cost of it would be, because literally you are having to give up quite a bit to get that disclosure that you're talking about. And so um, often it's completely polarizing. So whatever that bit of quote unquote disclosure is, I'm assuming coming from the media or something like that, or somebody in the higher ups, perhaps Elizondo or someone like that, that 
has information that guides this topic. Um, I would say that that is potentially polarizing. So we have to be very careful about sourcing information as we move forward in what we expect disclosure to look like. And it feels like perhaps there's a bit of programming taking place in the disclosure movement. And I think that it started way back with perhaps, I don't know, I think maybe Greer was involved in some of the earlier stuff and has lost their way along along the way and, and now is trying to make a living out of it. I think that can often sway the tables, if you will. And so getting back to the cost, I believe, of what true disclosure would be is completely polarizing people on a topic. And I don't think that that is the way to govern this. We need to absolutely keep it independent and flowing. There is no one true answer at this point. And so any one source coming out with answers would and should send up massive red flags to everybody involved receiving that information. Well, here's the other thing. What's wrong with confirmation? They have confirmed there is something anomalous in the sky. That is all that they have given us. They haven't given us any full videos. Remember when Elizondo and Mellon and, and everybody was telling us, oh, you got to see the 21-minute video. If that 21-minute video is released, you guys are going to be blown away. You'll never, ever, ever question the phenomena again. Where's the video? Well, we know where the video is. It's sitting in the in the locked compound in the U.S. Navy offices of the Pentagon. Right. Okay. Well, we, don't, we, know, we know where that is. Go ahead. Don't don't you feel that SCU's review of the Aguadilla video was confirmation? Sure. Sure. It is confirmation. All right. But there's here's the thing, and I've said it before. I'm going to sound like a broken record. If you're going to disclose the phenomena, open up the Pandora's box. Open it up. All right? We need to know about all of these rumors the last 70 years. We need to know about Lazar. We need to know about Eisenhower. We need to know about the stories of, of the Foo Fighters in World War One, World War Two, the Korean War, Vietnam. We need to know about all the rockets that NASA has sent up into space that have been followed by UFOs. We need to know it all. We need to know if we have crash retrievals. We need to know whether or not uh, abductions are happening and if they know about them. We need to know if there has been ET contact. We need to know have we taken or created any technology that goes along with it. That's disclosure. That is what we need, okay? Anything less than that is a confirmation of the phenomena. That's my true belief, and I will argue that until I'm blue in the face. And there are others who are way more educated than myself on this topic. I come at this from an experiencer's point of view, okay? And that is, I want to know what happened to me. That's the selfish answer. The selfish answer is, what was that blue cylinder standing vertically 150 yards away from me? What was Carl at my window? Because I know it wasn't a figment of my imagination. What were those beings Samantha Moat and I saw in the forest? 
What was that black triangle over my house that my friends and I saw? And many, many more. Many more. And I'm tired of that cover-up. I'm tired of not knowing, like I'm an immature child who isn't allowed to know the answer. And the first thing, and you know what? I've been called on UFO Twitter by those people, uh, or not those people, but some of the people there. Okay, I've been called a boomer. I'm not even close to being a boomer. First off, I'm a Gen Xer, the early stages of the old Gen Xer. Number two, okay, when I first got into this field, I was told by some very, very brilliant people who are still going hard at it, be careful of the government. They will try and control this subject. You can't trust them. You can't trust anybody who says, hey, I've got some candy here. It's just over here in my van. Do you want some? I got some UFOs right. over here. Follow me. Before we go to break, very quickly, can you just let our viewers know, do you think that we are going to actually get what we're being what we're requesting as far as historical data goes from this NDAA? Do you no. think we're going to get that? No. I think what we're going to see in the NDAA, which according to Jonathan Davies in our chat room may come out as early as Friday. Okay. I think that we could potentially see a lot of redacted or a lot of conversations move behind the scenes. I think they're done publicly. I really do think they're done publicly, and they are going to sweep it under the rug. We're going to continue this talk, and we're going to get into something Luis Elizondo said last week regarding protection from the darn UFOites. Space Out Radio continues right after this. Timmy. Dave. <clears throat> I find it so interesting that we're seeing almost direct wordage in there. That seems like it was drawn right out of the Wilson Davis documents, right? That's so interesting, but I mean, what is the source of the conversation that took place between Wilson and Davis? Who were they talking about, you know, getting their information from? Because it's that that I'm interested in, you know, that chain of information. Like who who was in informing Wilson about what he knew and who was informing Eric Davis about what he knew? Um I'm very curious about that because I understand that some of it may be sourced from, I don't know, questionable sources or is that, is that fair to say, Dave? I think that's fair. And so having that be put in historical Congress as rote, as if it's factual, that's, or or not even, but it needs to be even looked into. I mean, it seems like, like you had said at one point, it's opening a Pandora's box. But at the same rate, there may be nothing in that box, right? Potentially. And it could all just be fabricated exactly. BS. 
Exactly. But that we, was just there to hide programs the whole time. And that is very true. But we still have a right to know. Right. Okay. Great point. Yes. We still have a right to know. I mean, it's it's like believing Bill Nelson. That could be a comedy movie on Netflix, believing Bill Nelson. <laughs> okay. You're you're a film guy. We could make that film. Totally. It's such a great title too. Just that. That's great. <laughs> All right. And, and look, yeah. I am picking on Bill Nelson. Absolutely. I am. I would love to interview him. Okay. The reason why I can pick on him is because number one, I'm not doing it rudely. I'm calling out the points that need to be called out. What's in your closet, Bill? What's in your closet? Fair question. Fair question. You know? Yeah. And the problem that we have, and I, I don't want to say too much because I know we're going to get into this here in just a couple of minutes. Okay? But the problem that I have is a lot of these guys don't want to answer questions directly. Look, a lot of people will be out there and they'll say, well, when are they going to answer some tough questions? And and I know there are going to be people who disagree with me. I think Elizondo has answered a lot of tough questions, but majority of people just haven't read between the lines of what he is saying. But I also believe that he has covered up a lot and has denied a lot because of his NDAs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've asked him a couple of direct questions, and um, he chuckles before he answers. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, what kind of an answer am I going to get from this serious question I'm asking? So it's tough. It's tough. And I think it's because I am so direct in my questions that he doesn't, you know, probably takes him off guard. I don't know. I think he's a great guy. I, I love the guy, but I, you know, I'm probably also not used to being around people that high level, you know, that have such high level NDAs and potentially know so much. Um, I circle back to the fact that I feel though, really, even after my discussions with all of the people behind the scenes, on camera, off camera, my gut is that we know just as much as they do completely, honestly, Dave. And I think you might even agree with me that the phenomenon is truly just so elusive that even our government is scrambling for data. Um, they may have satellites, they may have satellites with extreme technology, but I think still there's an element of mystery to this, even with the technology that they're holding. I don't think they know what it is. By the way, for those keeping score at home, it's also today is the birthday, the 82nd birthday of former wrestler Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. One, 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 two, three today. Yeah. One, eleven, two, three. Yes. We have uh, 25 seconds. 25 mm-hmm. seconds. Abdullah the Butcher who bled so much that there's rumors that he actually gave other wrestlers uh, hepatitis because he had contracted it from all the blood that he bled in the ring. Yeah. Gross. Here we go. 
allegedly. <laughs> Nasty. We rounded third. We're heading for home tonight on Space Down Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. All right, let's wind it on up because here we go. Little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report continues on Spaced Out Radio right now. And Tim, you know, last week, we or, or maybe it was earlier this week, you did a story from the Liberation Times regarding Lou Elizondo. Fill us in on that. Yeah, so uh, following the uh, signing into law of Fiscal 2023 National Defense Authorization Act, the NDAA, and its unidentified anomalous phenomenon provisions, former ATIP director Lou Elizondo has told Liberation Times that he would support the idea of establishing a committee which could quickly and accurately get to the bottom. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner of the enigma of ufo and so liberation times understands that various branches and agencies and offices within the dod and the intelligence community have previously excuse me previously and continue to operate uap programs currently unknown by dr sean kirkpatrick the new director of the uap office And so now the office is known as Arrow, and Lou Elizondo, who Liberation Times understands has worked with the U.S. Space Force regarding its own UAP investigations, commented, and here I'll quote, I believe that certain members of Congress are not only aware of the importance of this topic, but are aware of previous U.S. government's efforts to collect and study UFO-related information and incidents. And now that Arrow is no longer under the chain of command of my old office, the OUSDI, I would support increased authorities to Dr. Kirkpatrick in order to identify 
all U.S. government equities, both past and present, who may have been or are involved in UFO studies and UAP studies. And so during my time at ATIP, we were made aware of previous efforts. So it's only logical that Congress and Arrow be made aware of that too. And so he would continue here to say that he would support the idea to establish a committee to quickly and accurately get to the bottom of this enigma. And so just quickly, a church committee is a uh, congressional committee specifically charged with investigating abuses of power or misconduct within the government. And so it is the sort of thing that is going to dig into some historical inequities and potentially discover some things that we may need to know. And now I don't know if we're ever going to see any of this publicly, but it does estimate here that since we haven't seen anything like this since 1975, it's a little bit new. And so maybe we will see something publicly on this. But before we dig any further, Dave, we can just scratch the surface with this. It looks like potentially we're going to get into some of some dirty pool that's been played in the past. And I'm eager to get your gut reaction as to whether this is actually going to take place and what some of the fruits of this might be. Well, you know what? I want to know who are these, you know, bad apples that that he wants to get rid of. Are they government bad apples? Are they some of the bad apples who have called him out in the alternative media? Because I know that's become a three ring circus. All right. What are what are these bad apples that he's talking about? Right. Yeah. Do you think it's well, more it sounds, government or do you think yeah. do you think it has anything to do with the UFO community? No. No, this um so if we look back in history at what took place in 1975, you can kind of look at who was president at that time and look at what was going on politically and you can discover that this was absolutely something governmental that this committee is set up specifically to go and dig into and it's kind of like what we're seeing in uh, the news currently with these deep investigations. This is considered a church committee, so it's specific to certain departments, but it's absolutely 100% governmental. This is not a public investigation. or well, investigation. Well, nothing, nothing, or a, nothing's yeah. ever public anymore. I mean, an investigation of something public. This is a government, an investigation of something governmental. So let's see. If, if we look at the track record here, Okay, without mm -hmm. without, you know, trying to stir anything up here. We do get specific in the article if you'd like me to explain. But okay, yeah, okay. explain it. that. Explain that first. Yes. So, yeah. So uh, the new Republican Speaker of the House representatives, Kevin McCarthy, is now reportedly ready to support the church style committee to investigate specifically alleged government abuses, including FBI's relationship with social media companies. Fellow House Republican and incoming House Intelligence Committee Chair Mike Turner, who represents the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, has recently been damning of the FBI's resistance to turn over files regarding its relationship with social media companies and is contemplating the use of subpoena power if necessary. So behind the scenes, scenes, those advocating for an effort to identify government inequities and possible illegal, illegal secretive programs relating to UAP 
would call for such a committee to extend and uncover further alleged abuses by intelligence agencies. So such a trajectory could reflect the revelations which emerged from the church committee that started with the U.S. Army's spying on civilians and led to uncovering of CIA's Operation MKUltra, involving the drugging and torturing of unknown U.S. citizens as part of human experimentation on mind control. So a little bit yes, a little bit no there to what you were reaching into as far as social media goes. Um, So, you know, yes and no, Dave, your thoughts. Let's extend it a little further because it does... There is a couple thoughts I do have. Do you want them now, or do you, okay. or do you already have more to read? No, no, please. That That is on that topic. Right? Here, here's what I took out of it. I could be completely wrong. Okay, mm-hmm. And if I am, I apologize. But a few months ago, through the Liberation Times, which, you know, Christopher Sharp is a friend of this show, but I'm going to say it right now, the Liberation Times has become the mouthpiece of Lou Elizondo. All right. It used to be Tim McMillan. Whatever happened there, that seemed to go by the wayside. Now it's now it's uh, Christopher Sharp at the Liberation Times. And Mm -hmm. when you look at it this way, we saw Elizondo on his blog through Medium and then reported by Liberation Times say that he wanted to kill ufology. He wanted to get he wanted to get rid of ufology, the current state, because of the negativity, the bias the you know the personal attacks that he was taking personally okay and a lot of that mm-hmm. you know what as a human being i will say this it hurts it hurts when mm-hmm. people attack you i've been attacked uh it's not fun it does no matter how how big of a brave face you put on it still hurts because we're human all right, and that's not a that's not a a woke thing. That's not a a Democrat thing. That's a humanity thing. But that being said, Lou also knew, just like I know in this position, and many other people who are in positions like mine, when you step into the public figure and you have a a voice and an opinion, people are going to question you, and they're going to question you hard. And no matter, you could tell them the sky is blue from uh, 5 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night, depending where you are on the axis, okay? They're not going to believe you. No matter what, there's a a fringe part part of the population that's not going to believe you. But this is where it's different. We see Elizondo now saying, you know, we got to fight back the critics regarding this subject within Washington, D.C. To me, he's saying the exact same thing he did in his manifesto that he wrote a couple of months ago that we just talked about. It seems to be, you know, this this one hidden under a church committee. It's like, okay, Lou, you're, you're a pariah in your own field in the government because you quit the government to join TTSA talk UFOs, but then you went back into government. So where does it stop? Here's my thing. There are a lot of really, really smart people in our field, okay, that either A, don't get the credit, or B, are 
absolutely hammered on social media on a daily basis. And whether or not you agree with people like the New York Post, Stephen Greenstreet, or the Black Vaults, John Greenwald, or many others, the one thing that they do well is they ask tough questions. They may not let some of the subjects go even after the answers. Like, for instance, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine earlier who doesn't believe that Elizondo has been proven that he worked the UFO desk. I tend to believe there's been more than enough information that leads us to have that opinion. That's just our, hey, we can agree to disagree. It's not like we're going to go on podcasts here and start ripping each other new areas of, you know, I'm trying yeah. to, you know, YouTube algorithms. Yeah. I'm not. I'm trying not not to use bad words here, and the FCC yeah. and CRTC. Well, I, I have a quick question because yeah. um, we we did kind of graze over it a little bit earlier, but um, why do you feel like it's so hard to have an opposing opinion on this topic, even if it does go against something perhaps that Lewis said or or something like that? But we've seen, you know, people that are saying things out there. They, they kind of come up against a lot of opposition. It well, seems like opinion on this topic is kind of hard to have. And, and trust me, this all started when the To The Stars Academy came out. It all started, right? And then all of a sudden, all of these faces out of nowhere jumped on the Tom DeLon bandwagon and believed everything. And they bought into it hook, line, and sinker. And even, you know, as disappointing as it is, many old school people bought into it because ufology needed a shot in the arm and here were the big wigs coming to play. Okay? Here were the big wigs coming to play. Hal yeah. Putoff, Jim Semivan. Chris Mellon. Chris Mellon, Steve Justice, Lou Elizondo. Yeah. And there's DeLong, yeah. you know, talking about building a spaceship. Dream team. I mean, okay. it was a dream team, or if you think about it, it's well designed dream team. It, 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 yeah. And I even called it, I remember even calling it, you know, an equivalent to OJ Simpson's dream team. Right. And, and the problem that I had was, and I remember talking to a couple of people very close to me at that time, saying, there's red flags here. There's red flags. Like the pressless press conference, we were the first ones to ever bring that up. The pressless press conference. It's pretty easy, you know, and, and I explained a lot of that in an article that I wrote called The 14 Reasons Why I Never Supported the TTSA. And I wrote that after Justice Mellon and Elizondo left the To The Stars Academy. And I remember getting a message from Melinda Leslie, who is the mouthpiece for, and I say that with all due respect to Melinda because I love her, but Jim Semivan knows that if he needs something out, well, we'll just put it to Melinda Leslie. Well, Jim told uh, actually read that article and told Melinda to tell me that I was about 95% correct. And at that point, I'd never interviewed... Uh, never interviewed anybody from the TTSA. 
We couldn't get them. They were blocking all of our, our, our requests. I had 15 requests. Yet they were skipping shows like mine and others in order to take on shows that had 100 listeners, 100 followers, 100 subscribers, 200 maybe, 300. Then they started giving information to people that really, and, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, okay, but really had no business having that information. Okay, bloggers that had no um, followers, all of a sudden breaking stories like, like their Peter Jennings at CBS News or ABC, whatever he was. Okay, uh, going on giving information to certain YouTube channels where the gentleman used to call himself Jesus. Okay, giving him information about what is happening, what's coming down the pike. And everybody who had questions about TTSA right off the bat was not getting this information. But if you sh- showed that that insta love for Tom DeLong and his crew, you got what you wanted. You got what you wanted, and that's where it started. Is they started this this entire uh, love chain of of the TTSA, where people were not even thinking, man. They weren't even thinking, right. All right. Right. And it did seem like they were trying to come in and barter and negotiate their way into monetizing the topic in lots of different ways. Um, And they kind of had a shoe in with the people that were on the team. And maybe not all the team members even knew what the game plan was, you know, because we saw them drop off pretty rapidly. But I will say one thing. TTSA did accomplish getting it in the mouths of yes, they millions. Did. Yes, they did. And but so don't forget whatever price we paid for that, it may have been, you know, three steps forward and two steps back there. But but remember this. TTSA also did it illegally. Okay? By putting their by putting their logo on allegedly. No, it's not allegedly. You can you can Google it. Okay, they put their logo on United States Navy property. And that was a question that should have been asked because the videos, the three videos that came out, all had to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science sticker right over on the right-hand corner. They sure did. Okay. Yeah. Right? And here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. How did they get the videos? That's never been brought out publicly. From what we do know is Elizondo checked off drone and gave the videos to Mellon because if he would have checked off anything else, it would have been top secret. Right? It okay, wasn't so, so it wasn't some conspiracy theory what like like in the the Arnold Schwarzenegger Running Man movie where mm-hmm. you know they're going through the video clips okay and taking them 
and hiding them. It wasn't like that. It wasn't cloak right. and dagger. It was a piece of paper or a computer program that they checked off the box drone, which made mm-hmm. them unclassified. Elizondo did okay. that and got the videos out. And so hindsight being twenty twenty, being what it is, what do you think the purpose was then now seeing things big picture? I think that the narrative has taken off and is out of control. There has been a narrative from the beginning. We know that. Okay. We know that UFO Twitter has bought into the trust us reputation, which is why if you if you have a question about Elizondo or Mellon or DeLong or anybody, that you absolutely get ripped a new one. Right. And now they've disappeared into the shadows. Tom DeLong is back into music, thank goodness. And um, Lou Elizondo is still writing his book and is making statements through press, his, his selected press of choice. And so all of this, if we were to kind of look at it, big, you know, stand outside looking in, uh, what does that narrative tell you? And what does it say about the, all of the players involved, even the resource that we're reading from today, Liberation Times? Yeah. 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 And so it, it's very tricky. And that's why I've always said it's so hard to source real information. And that's why I personally don't even go to the media for the phenomenon. Like if and I'm the- interested in the topic politically, I will, but the real phenomenon is out my door and I can see it with my bare eyes sometimes. And sometimes I need a camera to do it, but it's there. So, right. And I, and I agree with you, but it's very easy to see. And this is why we tell people there is a narrative at play. Okay. That is not for the benefit of humanity. All right. This is why it's confirmation over disclosure. And this is why we got to take back UFOs instead of the government UAP. It all... I know we only have a minute left. Can I interrupt you very briefly? You have 15 seconds. Okay. I want to go back and just very quickly highlight the fact that you had said something very interesting about the FBI's resistance to turn over files regarding the relationship with social media companies. Like you had said that and I was like, no, 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 but it's there. You were right. Thank you, my friend. Little Timmy Senor, yes. our resident Timbit. And we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody sitting in here at work, at home, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, LGAP, Facebook, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag SpacedOutRadio. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. 
we need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.